News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Good morning, I'm Rick Van Davidek, and this is Garden Talk for Sunday, September the 12th. Well, this is my first uh, show, and I still have Brittany, my coach, across the, 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 the table here. And this is my first show to doing on solo. So, uh, Brittany, you're going to be here helping me out, and, uh, and I apologize already, first off, that I'm going to hit the wrong button, and I'm going to knock somebody off. So, and so, uh, so just be patient with me, and we're going to have some fun, and, uh, and so, um, uh, this is the time of year, so I uh, want to make sure that you know their call. Call one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. It's one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five, and you can either call uh, live, which we all love the best, and uh, or you can text in, and we'll answer your text as well. And so. Um, Right now, uh, Brittany, we've had uh, a great time uh, with the, with the weather. I mean, we've had a great t- weather, and we're going to be getting into the into the fall here, and uh, we're getting into the twelfth of September. And I can't believe that the the leaves are starting to turn color, which is normal, especially for the green ash. We were just talking about that earlier. Looking over the river, you see all the green ash turning color, and now we're seeing that the time is coming when the plants are all going to get ready for winter time, and. Um, you were talking about your apple tree, Brittany. Yeah, so we planted an apple tree in our backyard earlier this summer. And I'm feeling a little nervous. You know, I've been babying this thing as we've been going. And I feel like I should almost tuck it in for the fall or the winter with a blanket. I was wondering if, like, should I put mulch or something at the base? Right now, we've left it just dirt around yep. the tree just so I can easily check the moisture with a piece of rebar. Yep. So what what do I do? How do I get this thing ready for winter? And, and you're doing the right thing. Okay. Checking the checking the rebar. We talk about that all the time, yes, right? See, checking the I rebar. listen. <laughs> <laughs> because you know what? We want the plants to start slowing down this time of the year. So you don't want to you want to water enough that the plants basically can survive. So by che- you can't tell by looking at the surface, but so checking with the rebar, doing a little plant probe into the soil, making sure because, you know, I was on an acreage uh, last night to check some, there's some problems they had on an acreage with some needle cast disease. And you could see that the, the, uh, the ground was just bone dry, like bone, bone dry. So yeah, you're going to need to, if, for that type of acres, they're going to need to start watering now just to get a moisture level so that the trees have enough reserve for the wintertime. And so in that case, they're going to need to do some more watering right now. But in your case, where you were watering it all season long and keeping it like that, so then now you just want to slow it down. Uh, it's important that the plants actually shut down, especially if you've got birches and maples. Um, those two plants want to keep their, and even, yeah, they want to keep their leaves all winter long. And that's not a good thing. You want them to turn color at least. You know, even if they don't drop them right away, yeah, like mountain ashes, they'll start turning color, but they'll keep their leaves almost all winter long. And so, but you want them to drop the leaves, that's pretty important. Well, okay, so now my question. We talked to David Phillips with Environment Canada on the morning show a couple of weeks ago, and he said that they're expecting to have a pretty wet fall. Like all the rain that we missed yeah. out on earlier in the spring and stuff is all going to be coming this fall. So will that have any kind of negative effect on the trees or anything? No, or does it just kind of naturally it, do its it thing? It naturally does its thing. Like there's, you will get some falls that there'll be too wet and the plants won't shut down. And yeah, we do get some issues with that, right? So just like sometimes we don't get snow until Christmas. Yeah. And that's, that's even a bigger issue than having rain in the fall. Yeah. Nothing uh, to protect Nothing them. to protect the plants, right? So then we get a lot of issues with the especially roses and perennials and those kind of things where that's why I say when people start cleaning up leaves this fall, 
don't just take, put them in the, into the compost. Put them into a bag put it, and put those bags into the corner of the yard and just you know, compost them or send them to the compost depot in the spring. Because what's the difference? Fall or spray, the way they put those bags away. But at least you have those bags around in case we do not get any snow that you can cover some plants up. Well, yeah, it's just natural mulch, really. Instead of, instead of running to exactly. the store to get mulch, it's built right in. Well, we have a caller online. So here we go. We've got Sue from Eagle Lake. Good morning, Sue. What's your question for today? Good morning. So oregano is a perennial, is it not? Oregano can be a perennial, yes. Uh, so, you have to mulch, though, for sure. Okay, so right now the, the oregano plant has stems, leaves that are about eight inches long with lots of leaves on them. Do I prune them down to the ground? Like, what do I do to be successful in wintering out? Just, just let the let the fall take care of it first. So let them let them dry down themselves, and once the frost hits them, then you'll see all the leaves will turn brown, right? And okay. then then you can prune them down. Or a lot of perennials, I just like to leave, okay? Because what happens is all those stems sticking up catch snow. It's like a little snow fence, basically. Right. And then it actually acts, and some plants, even like hostas and that kind of thing, they lay their leaves right on the ground, and they act as a natural mulch. A lot of people like to trim them down in the fall for one reason, because they don't like the mushy plants to clean up in the spring, right? But right. Other, other than that, uh, I'd say just, just leave them. Mulch them a bit, though, uh, because that's one thing that you'll need to do is mulch them to, to make them come through the wintertime very well. And, uh, but otherwise, just tr- trim them back in the spring. That's probably the best thing to do. But the frost will the frost will take them down, and the energy will go back down. The sugars will go back down to the root stems, and uh-huh. then help the plant to be uh, more successful next spring. Okay, so you said to mulch them a bit. I could mulch them with some straw. Straw leaves. The only thing I don't like about straw is that sometimes straw will attract more mice. Okay, and voles. Okay, fair enough. That's that's the only thing I just don't like using straw that much. But uh, uh-huh. but leaves or or bark mulch or anything like that. That's probably better. So when do you put the mulch on? I like to do it right any time in October, November, when the ground starts to freeze, okay? Right. And then yep. I'll put it on. You don't have to put it on really early because then, uh, you know, but I, usually by the end of October is good. Excellent. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Okay. We have a caller here. Uh, we have Georgette from Regina. Good morning. Good morning. So we have been in flux with these tiny little flies in our yard. They're they they're ever so tiny, and they are they look like they have a black body with a bit of beige on it. And I mean, we have tons of them. Like you walk in the back courtyard of our yard, and you're being hit with them in the face. We have a Virginia creeper, but I'm, I don't see that we have you know any. Yeah, no, what, what you're seeing, I, I was at I, I was in an outdoor patio just the other day, and we I just couldn't believe it. They actually the restaurant actually had these yellow fly traps all around the place just to catch them all because there's just so many of them, and a lot of it has happening because of the harvest is on and all the bugs are just in the air moving around right now, and some of them are aphids, some are leaf hoppers, some are you know types of fungus gnats, and there are all kinds of little bugs, but most of them, and some of the little no seams too. Um, so there's all kinds of little bugs around right now and so um it's just a cycle they're going to go through because of the harvest time and the okay. way they're moving and uh, there's nothing unless you see them in your plants and actually sucking on your plants 
it's not really going to be that critical for this time of the year because the plants are, you know, they're starting to get ready for winter time. So um, other than that, it's an, it's I know it's annoying, but there's okay. there's nothing really to to worry about right now. If you want to, you could put some some sticky traps out, or you know, you can spray some ambush into the into your into your Virginia creepers if you think that's where they're hanging out at nighttime. You know, and then yeah. but you need to spray them in the evening, okay, when they're when they're actually resting and and settled down for the for the um, for the for the night. So I, does the solution of like dish soap and water work for them Absolute, as well? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Absolutely. We've been trying to do that and spray them down, but thank you very much. Okay. I, um, I, I just was, was really concerned that they're like so bad, no, like just clouds no. of them in my yard. Yeah, it'll be a cycle. Yeah. It'll be gone fairly shortly. Okay. Thank you so very much. Okay. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Now I got to get used to looking at the wrong screen here. <laughs> this is easy. This is tougher than There's it is. There's a lot of screens. There's a lot people. of screens. There's a lot of screens. So, uh, so where are we here now, Brittany? You got to help me out here. All right, let's let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with a little bit more garden talk. I'm Brittany Cafe here with Rick Van Dyvendyke, and you're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk. I'm Rick Van Davidick and I have Brittany Cafe is here is, is holding my hand. I'm back up. <laughs> back I'm the backup up. this morning. <laughs> back up. <laughs> so you can give us a call at one 332 8255 That's one 332 8255 And that's for the text or for the calls. But we got a bunch of calls here and we have Morris on the line from Hendon. Good morning, Morris. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Hey, uh, what causes rot on the stem end of tomatoes? Sometimes before you pick them and after you pick them, bring them in the house. Yeah, it's it's blossom end rot. It's, it's what it is. And two I things. thought blossom end rot was on the blossom end of the tomato. Well, it'll be, but you said this on the stem, right? Stem, yes. And it's not on the blossom end? It's not on the no. other end? So if it's on the stem end, then you might have a, another fungal in there, and so it could be... And you, Are your leaves still nice and green? Yes. And they're not brown at all? No. No. Then, yeah, it's, it's still... You still have a fungal, and you're still coming... It's, it's like... It's very related to the blossom end rot, and so it still comes from... And, it's, and they're turning brown even after you, after you pick them, right? Yes. And they turn brown at the ends, at the same end? Meets the tomato. Yeah, you're you're still having an issue where you're having with the same thing is both um, lack of calcium, okay, to prevent that, but okay. also also watching your moisture during the season, and and th- that's all that's happening. It's it's, re- it's related to the blossom end rot, and, yeah, and so you're still having the same issues. Too much moisture, not enough. Both. It's both. It's going from wet to dry, wet to dry, wet to dry. And this year, uh, this year it was almost impossible. Okay, because I watered and I tried very hard to keep it right. Yeah. Stick your finger in the ground. Yeah, and it was really, really hard because sometimes you left in the morning and gave them a good watering, and yeah. before you got home during the day because it was so hot, you know, yeah. that that the plant just just was under stress the whole time. Okay. So it's just a matter of this was. I call this one a, a, a basically a gimme because it's 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 nothing that you were doing wrong. It's okay. just that it's just everything that was lining up that was giving it a hard time. Yeah. Another thing, why does the, the inside of the tomatoes when you cut them open, they're you're making fruit or juice? They're yellowy, white core, dark core, thick. 
Well, if it's, if it's thick again, that, that has to do with its forming. So that has to do, again, with making sure that you have the right nutrients, especially putting lots of bone meal and those kind of things when you plant your plants. Okay. And then that way there your, your plants will form properly because there, again, you're just getting the plants forming not, not, not properly when they're, when, they're, when, they're, when they're growing. So there, again, it's, it's really a tough one this year uh, just because of the way the moisture was and how the heat was. And okay. so, uh, you, you, honestly, you're not really doing anything wrong. It's just, it's just one of those years. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we have here, we have Neil in Saskatoon. Good morning, Neil. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Your question. Uh, I have a mugle pine in my yard, and it is getting yellow needles in by the corners. And I've noticed this in other areas uh, of, you know, other uh, yards as well. Yeah. You tell me what would be causing that? Just a little bit of stress, but a lot of just normal. What's happening normal. Pines in the fall will always lose some needles in the center. And some okay. years it's worse than others, okay? So just have to watch, you know, probe your soil. Make sure you had the right kind of moisture yep. for them. Okay, so just don't go watering because you need to water. So just checking them. And... Um, and otherwise not, just next year, if you want to get them to fill out nice so you don't see that center, just make sure you're fertilizing with a 30-10-10. With a and uh, it's probably an older plant, right? You have the turning yellow on the inside. Yeah. And so then just make sure that you're, you're pouring probably at least five gallons of water with that big of a plant mixed with a 30-10-10 according to the instructions. And then just use that once every three weeks from May the 10th, which is Mother's Day, until around July the 15th and you stop. Okay. Okay. And then you'll get it to fill out really nice, and uh, and and you you won't see that. But this is normal with the stress we've had with the heat. You're just seeing that a little bit more right now, and you're seeing that even with some of the spruce trees as well on the inside. Okay. But mainly pine trees, and they'll do that. They're 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 always do that. Uh, they'll have a few all the time, and that's just the way. It's a natural thing. You'll see all the needles on the ground, and that's just from them losing some of the needles on the inside. Okay. No, that's good as long as they're not dying. So nope. you're good. You're good to go. Okay. Good. Have a great day. Thank you very much. Okay. We have here, next on the line here, we have Paul from Saskatoon. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Rick. You're doing a good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I got uh, raised beds. <clears throat> Had a wonderful harvest. Uh, did very well in my gardens. How do I prep them? For the winter and for next year, like okay. So for raised beds, is that basically is that you'll um, you'll pull all your your once your vegetables are all finished, right? In your beds, yeah. These are all vegetable beds. I'm I'm I'm, I'm assuming, right? Correct. Yep. So yep. just you're pulling all your and composting. Unless you have any fungals or diseases, then you want to don't compost any of those kind of plants. If you know you've had a fungal, uh, don't put them in the compost. And other than that. You have two things you can do. One, you can either turn your soil in this fall, but if it's a raised bed, your soil is usually pretty nice and you really don't need to do that, okay? Uh, so you can either decide you want to put some nutrients in your know, compost into the, into the beds this fall or just do it next spring. But there's not a lot you really need to do other than, you know, making sure they're clean before, before wintertime. And, uh, uh, depends now. Are you putting garlic or anything like that in the fall, in the, in your beds in the fall? No, no, okay. I wasn't thinking to do yeah. that. So other than that, there's nothing you really need to do. You could either, some people like putting their, their nutrients like compost and those kind of things in the fall, and some people just like doing it in the spring. So it's just how you've, you've done it in the past and what you've had success with. There's no right answer, really, that, for that one. So there's really not a whole lot you need to do. 
worms. Like, I don't have any worms in, in, in my beds. Yeah. Well, the worms will move in eventually, but it's a little tougher because also it's a different type of soil you usually have in there. I don't know how big your beds are, whether you just have a good garden soil in there. But they will move in by themselves, and um, it's not really a big deal as long as because usually you have a, a good compost mix, what makes the, the soil aerated, so that, um, that, and that's what the, the worms do a lot of times is, is that they aerate the soil. Now, if you want the benefits of the worms, you can also buy worm castings. And you can actually put worm castings right into your soil, which adds the extra bacteria and everything else, which helps your plants take up nutrients better. Yeah, I did get the worm castings, but I didn't get, uh, I got pasteurized. Yep. Let's throw that in there, yeah? Yep, that'll work perfect. Yep, that'll work perfect. Beautiful. Okay. Well, good luck to you. You're doing a good job, though. <laughs> Thanks very much. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Okay, we have here, we have um, Dave from Saskatoon. Good morning, Dave. Uh, good morning. Um, I, have, uh, I had a problem on the front. I had to have all my cedars taken out because of construction. Yes. And I want to replant. Uh, I have some um, about three-foot uh, emerald yes. cedars. Yes. And I was uh, planning on putting those in before the snow flies. Um, now, are they in pots already right now? They're just transplanting from a different part of the garden. No, no, they're they're in pots. Okay, yep. So the best um, thing to do is plant them in as soon as you can. Okay, as soon as I can. As soon as you can, uh, and for the first winter, you're going to need to wrap them with burlap, but you're going to want to leave that burlap six inches off the soil. Okay. Oh, okay. And then cover because you want snow to cover the ground. That's important. People forget that they put the burlap right down to the ground. And then the frost will go right through the burlap and right into the unprotected soil that's around the roots, okay? And then hurt the roots of the plant. Oh, okay. So make sure you leave your burlap up six inches off the ground and then cover your, burla- your, your emerald cedars completely for the first year, especially. Okay. Now, when I'm planting them, uh, can I use, uh, it's uh, Mikey, is it? Yep, you can use the mic, which is a mycorrhizome. It helps the roots to get established. It's a phosphorus-fixing mic. And it grabs phosphorus for the soil and makes the plant get established a bit better as well. And you, if you want to, especially this time of the year, you can also use a, a, a root booster or plant starter fertilizer. It has the second number, which is phosphorus, can't be over 15, okay? Oh, okay. Which is, which is important because if, it's, if, you, if you put a 10-52-10, let's say, which is a plant starter as well, the 52, the second number, it will overdose the mic. Okay. Okay. And I understand you're not supposed to fertilize too much in the fall. Yeah, and that's why you can use a plant starter because it has not, no nitrogen at all, mostly just a, a, it has an acid in it which helps the roots to get established better. Okay. okay. Uh, the other thing I picked up, uh, I, th- I thought they were uh, going to be small tr- small trees, but I picked up some cherry seedlings from uh, the university. Yes, yeah, perfect. Set up the Dartigan, yep. I believe is the name of yep. them. The Dargin, that's, that's the new one. Yeah, yep. and uh, but they're only. I was expecting four feet. These no, are no, they're just little inches. T- they're just little tiny ones. Yeah, you can plant them in the ground and just uh, they'll be fine. They're, uh, they're very hardy. Now those could I just? Uh, I have a heated garage. Could I just keep them in the garage over uh, winter? Best, best to plant them. Put them in the ground. Put them in the ground. Yeah. Eh? Okay. Okay. Thank and, you very much. Uh, so you have good a good morning. Thing. We're going to go here to news and garden. Thank you very much. I'm Rick Van Damme. I'm Rick Van Damme. And this is 650 CQM and CJME. We've got a lot of callers on the line, but we do have some call lines open. So we have 1-877-332-8255. 1-877-332-8255. And you can either call or text on that line. And we have uh, Larry from Osler on the line. 
Good morning, Larry. Good morning. I've got a couple varieties of beets. One of them has grown six inches above the ground. Yep. And uh, what uh, what kind of frost can they stand? Uh, they can take quite a bit, actually. So, but what you can do is if we if you do have a risk of frost, you know that that's going to get you know down to zero or or you know b- below that, you can put a, a a blanket over for the evening, and that that'll help them because they'll they'll actually stay a lot fresher in the ground than taking them out of, out of the ground that early, right? So, um, but um, so either way, yeah, you could do that, and but they'll be they'll be fine. They can take quite a bit of frost. All right, and the tip you gave me last spring on fertilizer, to put the fertilizer in the, in the row and then put ground on top. And yes. Then put, I had a couple of rows of beets. I couldn't figure out what they were. And then I remembered I did that fertilizer trick. Yeah. And they ha- were five times as nice as the other ones. As the other ones. Absolutely. Because they, they have, the, they have the, the food on tap, right? So the food's right. there and they're just feeding on it all the time. So that, that's great, yeah. But no, they're fine. Uh, if you want, if you want to too, is you, you can always throw just a little bit of dirt over top of the edges a bit more if you want to preserve them a bit longer. Okay, so that just protect them a bit more. Great, thank you for your help. You're welcome. And we have um, Leroy from Warman. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a Chris, Chris, uh, Christmas cactus. Yes. Uh, the wife and I've had it for about thirty plus years. Um, was well established, but over the last six months, it's just losing leaves like uh, or uh, uh, segments like nobody's business, and it's probably about half the size now. We've I thought maybe it was bugs, so uh, we you know sprayed it and stuff like that, yep. and then we've also thought maybe it was some root rot, so we actually did a bit of a transplant on it, but uh, it's still uh, losing its uh, its segments. So, yeah, watching moisture this time of the year is, is important, okay? Um, yep. So they, they don't like to be wet at all this time of the year. Uh, once they start getting close to bloom time, which is a little bit later on, they like to be on a little bit more moist side, but right now, you're going to watch. Uh, have you moved it at all? Changed locations of where it normally is? No. We've so, left it in the same place for the last 10 years, and uh, for moisture, uh, basically, uh, we go uh, double uh, double knuckle deep before uh, yep. it starts to get a little bit moist, and then uh, then once we get to that point, we'll give it some water. Give it some water, perfect. So, yeah, something that we've been doing for it's the same thing for the last like literally the last uh, ten or whatever years. It's, we haven't changed anything, and then all of a sudden it just started losing all of its uh, its segments, yes. half the size. And and have you done any fertilizing on it at all? In that time, you had uh, it, it, just the uh, the liquid fertilizer. So this, you know, the uh, with the the, ca- the cactus the, uh, fertilizer and water. Yeah. Yep. And how often do you yeah. do that? Uh, I'd have to check with the wife, of course. Okay. I think it's probably about once every six months. Yeah. Okay. No, that that's fine. I mean, that that'll be, that's perfect that way. So the only thing you got to watch for, and you can't see them, is spider mite. That's that's the biggest insect that goes after the Christmas cactus. Okay. And you can't see okay. them. You have to actually see them with a magnifying glass. And so you have to watch them. I and if you just use a regular spray, it's not going to get them. Okay, spider mites don't don't react to a lot of the uh, yeah, regular I, well, sprays. Yeah. We didn't use regular spray. I actually okay. wanted a very uh, light solution of malathion, put it into the garage. Just the only time I've ever moved it, yep. just yep. to try to get rid of anything that might have been bad. Because okay. we tried other things previous, but we had to go with the uh, with the That's malathion, and, and still didn't do anything. That's the scary thing. So the only thing I, I would do is uh, just protect yourself. Is I would take some little slips off of you know how you can take the little slips where they come they, uh, where the no, where the leaves sort of nodule in into the next leaf. Yep. You can actually take a leaf and you actually start start some new plants with that with those leaves. Okay. And so okay. you take some yep. cuttings off of them and put them into some other pots. You can put two or three cuttings in one little pot if you want, and get some other mm-hmm. ones started. 
and that's a good way to protect yourself to in case because you don't want to lose lose a plant that you've had for 10 years let's say okay so it's yeah, a good yeah. way to keep that that going so but it sounds like you it still sounds like you might have an insect but otherwise you've had a root rot but it, it sounds like you're you're watering the right amount and you're sticking double knuckle you're doing everything the correct way so the only thing that yeah. i can think of is that is that insect that was in there that's just sucking on it and if that's the case yeah. you just have to keep it a little bit more moist for them to keep up to that the the plants the insects sucking on it okay so but take oh, a magnifying glass and, and look in the magnifying glass that's the only way you're going to see them any specific area a person should be looking at uh, mainly uh, near the, the glass? near the main the base of the plant that's where they'll be in the older part of the plant okay got it okay. one last thing is that uh, on the transplant what we did is we, uh, we we pulled it out we shook uh, a lot of their dirt off but we still had a fair amount of dirt in the root area i didn't yep. want to go too harsh on that was that the correct way or should we have actually shaken off nope, nope. all of them no okay. oh that that's perfect what you did just make sure you uh, had to use a cactus type of soil though okay so it has a lot of yeah, perlite yeah. into it that, that's, we did yeah. absolutely perfect. Ah, rats. Okay. Nope. Well, well, that's what we'll do. Is we'll uh, plant a few of those like um, segments, yep. whatever, in there, and just sort of keep this thing going. Yeah. Keep After thirty years, it's kind of part of the family. So. Yeah, exactly. You want to keep it going. Yep. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. We have Randy from Beatty, Saskatchewan. Good morning, Randy. Good morning. Uh, what's your uh, question today? Well, my question is: we have uh, mature uh, spruce trees. And uh, just so I noticed <laughs> that the uh, inside of the of the trees, the, the needles aren't turning brown, and I'm assuming it's spider mites. Yeah, usually the inside is is usually a spider mite. You don't really notice it this time of the year because now that we're getting to fall, which just like the leaves turn color, the, the you'll get the the stressed needles will turn color as well. Now if right. it's going right to the tips, okay then that's more of a needle cast disease. But if it's just staying in the center, uh, they do lose some naturally, just like the pine trees I was talking about earlier in the show. But a lot of that is caused by the spider mite, especially in the bottom half of the tree. Uh, yeah, they seem to run all the way up the tree. And, um, like, is it too late to spray for Nope. Nope. No. No. You can still spray because it's still the temperature is still warm enough right now. Okay. Uh, you're still fine to spray with malathion and then do it again next June. Okay. Okay. And then spray it at least two to three times, 14 days apart. And then okay. blast it right into the tree and especially the middle of the tree. And you'll right. never get rid of all of them, but you just want to bring the numbers down so that your plant can basically cope. And then make sure that you're watering the right amount for all summer because it's big trees, they suck a lot of moisture. Right. This, this year being so dry in this yes. area. Uh, so would a high-pressure washer, like I'm thinking yep. of one with an engine yep. driven yep. and... Then uh, you just have to put a bucket mixed with the with the, with the that and put it right into the, uh, right into the, where it takes the water in, okay? Okay. And then, okay. Uh, then, because you can't use your little suction, you know, that you use for your soap, that doesn't work. It actually has to be put right into the water inlet of your, of your pressure washer. Oh. Okay. 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 It wouldn't get enough soap otherwise. Nope. Nope. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, this would be preferable to flying over with an airplane. Oh, well, flying over an airplane is better, but you, malathion, you're not going to want to do a, you know, you've got to be careful that way, too. But right. an airplane would, would 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 definitely do a great job because it wolfs it right into the whole plant. Right. Okay. But but, but a pressure washer would do it also. Ab- absolutely. I, uh, that's what I, my, my best choice is the pressure washer. And malathion. And malathion. Oh, okay. okay. And it's not too late now, like they nope. haven't gone dormant. Nope. You can do it once now, only once now. You're not going to be able to do it another second time, but once now and then do it again in June. Okay, okay. okay. 
it's just great and work for me here. <laughs> okay. Have a great <laughs> day. Thanks for your help. I'm Rick Van Davenick, and this is your listening on Garden Talk on 650 CQM and 980 CJME. Good morning. I'm Rick Van Davenick, and this is Garden Talk uh, on the September the 12th morning. And uh, you know what, Brittany? It's it's been it's been fun. It's this first time of, of getting used to doing this, and and you haven't had to help that much. No, apparently an old dog can learn yeah. new tricks. <laughs> yeah, it's very old dog. Is <laughs> right. Is right. So so yeah yeah. It's it's been it's been an interesting it's been an interesting time to learn this this side of the chair from you, and uh, it's been fun. It's just it's a lot of a lot of moving parts. Where you know I just assumed everything was just going the way it was supposed to go. I didn't have to hit any buttons. I just kept answering the questions right and it was it was easy and now there's a lot more the old brain has to do a little more ticking and talking uh, so. you got it you're doing great <laughs> so another point i wanted to talk about this morning here is that i had a little bit of fun talking to an old uh, co-host of mine jay thomas this week yeah. and uh we did we did a little segment and you can always look it up at jay thomas auto and we talked about the old dutch growers truck and it was a fun thing we did, and just talk about the old truck and and uh, an old classic truck that I refurbished that my father bought brand new in 1953. My mother and father bought it, and it was their daily driver. My dad even learned how to drive in that truck, got his driver's license in that truck, Jeez. and uh, and so I still have it today. And uh, so we had a little f- fun time just talking about that. And he did a video that's going to be coming up with with my father in it, talking about the old truck, and uh, and so that's something that Jay Thomas Auto. If you want to go, it's called Bald Tires, and uh, and uh, there's a little segment, uh, a podcast segment, just talking about that. So we had a lot of fun doing that. So. I've got it downloaded on my phone, ready oh, to listen to on my way home. Oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Perfect. So so that was fun doing that. So, uh, But what we have here is we have some, some text lines we can answer. It says, um, right now, it says, I ha- hello, I've had a problem with lily beetles. I killed a lot of them off, but as long as there were leaves, they kept showing up. My lilies are, are now cut back. Will it be a problem next year? Absolutely. Those insects have gone down into the soil, and they're going to come back up. So what you have to do next spring is that you have to really watch right from the beginning. When they start popping out of the soil, you're going to see where, they, where, the, where the, they'll come out of the ground, and then they'll actually start laying the little orange legs, eggs, and you have to be on top of that right away. And you can just... Actually, the eggs just scrape off with your fingernail. Uh, you can get rid of them that way, or otherwise, you can. You have to get onto a basically a spray program. Where once every two weeks, you have to just give a good spray, and you can use ambush or insecticidal soap or anything that'll that'll help uh, for that part of it. And so um, that's what you have to do with that. But how, yeah, how early in the spring do they start coming out of the soil? Basically, as soon as the plants start showing up out of the ground. Okay. So yeah, no, you'll have to you have to keep on top of that that way. So, um, um, also I had, uh, we have emerald cedars, another caller here. It says emerald cedars in pots. There's a lot of people that have plants in pots and they had for the summertime. And, uh, so we intend to overwinter them in a cool room at about five degrees. When should we put them into the cool room and how often should we water them over the winter? And should a Wichita blue juniper be, be wrapped? The Wichita blue juniper doesn't need to be wrapped. It's a tough plant, so it, it'll be fine. Um, uh, but the cedars, if you put them in, yeah, if you put them into a cooler about five degrees, it's better if it was closer to zero or four degrees, like a refrigerator, like four degrees or less. Five degrees is a little bit. And then watering is just basically enough just to keep them alive. So more on the drier side than the wet side. I don't want them to grow. I just want to make sure. So you might want to check them maybe 
maybe once a month. And that's all you really honestly really need to check them. And that's with a lot of your plants coming in. And we're, we're getting a lot of questions about that too, about people have their, their summer bulbs out there. And so they have their dahlias and they have their, their, um, the glads and their begonias and that. When do I take those out? So I like letting all those things get a first, a good frost on them first to knock them down. I want to make sure the ground's not going to freeze. And so I just want to get a bit of a, a, a frost on them. It'll send all the sugars down in. And if you want to take them out earlier than that, then what you need is you need to dig them up with a bulb in the plant at all and to set them, either hang them or set them on some paper and just let them dry so the, the green, uh, will, the green tops will dry and all the energy will go back into the bulb for next year. And then you just put them into a, a dry, cool place in a paper bag or a plastic bag that has perforated holes in it with a little bit of peat moss or even sawdust in it that has just a hint, a very, very, very small hint of moisture, but not very much at all. And then that's the way you'll take care of those. And also think about bulbs. Um, now's the time to start getting your fall bulbs and like your, your, your spring bulbs, which I call, not the summer bulbs, but your tulips, daffodils, crocuses, hyacinths, even your garlic. I had some garlic that was planted in the fall this other day. And I tell you, that that is amazing garlic. If you plant it in the fall, it's just perfect for early in this in the year as well. Well, and I always love the spring bulbs because yep. it's like a little present to yourself. Yep. You do the work now the work and then now. you get to reap the benefits way later. It's yep. like a little surprise when they come it's up. It's a surprise. Just making sure when you plant them that you got to plant them at least for the tulips at least six inches deep, okay? And your, your, um, uh, your crocuses about four inches deep because it's a smaller bulb and put some little uh, uh, bone meal or some bulb fertilizer in with them and also also, it's a good idea, and just in case we do get a wet fall, put a little bit of uh, garden sulfur or there's a bulb dust you can put into them just to keep them from rotting just until they get their root system established. So, um, that, But now's the time. You'll see them all in stores right across everywhere that you can, um, that you can, um, uh, you can get them planted. You'll, and uh, they, it's just a great thing to see in the spring, and they pop up first thing in the spring. So here I have also here, let's see... Um, I have some tree seedlings. This is from uh, Carla from Moose Jaw. Tree seedlings, Colorado spruce and green ash. Uh, got them about three to four inches tall. I put them in pots for the summer. I wasn't sure what I should do with easier way to water them, but I, can I plant them this fall? And how do I protect the seedlings to protect from the cold wind? So yes, absolutely. Don't leave them in the pot outside for the, they won't make it. So you need to at least plant a pot and all into the ground or plant them where you want to plant them and then give them a good watering and for the first year since they're only three or four inches tall just mulch them and just mulch them with some some not really tight uh, mulch but a loose mulch like leaves or something like that and that'll just uh, that'll just protect them uh, for the first winter and then they'll be fine otherwise they'll be fine that way is no problem at all um let's see also i have here I keep grabbing the wrong mouse <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> There's a lot going on There's over there. I warned on. you, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is, um, uh, I have a tree subbugnet rose bush. Uh, complete branches dried up right now and turned brown. What could that be? Tree subbugnet roses are really tough roses. It's a pink rose grows about, uh, about five, five to six feet tall. But you can, uh, basically, if there's only thing that's wrong with them is that it, it, if they've had a problem, it's probably because they're either too dry or they have an, an insect attacking them. And spider mite is another one that's with that one. So if tree subbugnets, uh, what you can do with them if you want, just, 
you can trim them down, but the only problem I don't like about Teresa Bougnay is if I trim them too much down, they set their buds in the fall. It's one of the only roses, that and Persian yellow rose, are the only roses that really set their buds in the fall. So if you do a major pruning on it, you're not going to have as many flowers. But if you're having an issue with it, I would suggest pruning it back and then next spring fertilizing it with a 30-10-10 fertilizer every three weeks, right from Mother's Day on, and then you'll be able to, um, to revive that plant next year. So that'll work really good that way. So um, uh, every spring, I have patches of lawn with grass has been trimmed out right down to the ground level. There's no evidence in nests and uh, winter cast deposit, a few moles and voles in the back. What can be? So every winter, um, he has patches of lawn. So what's happening with that is that it, you probably have a snow mold that's happening, or then you have another fungal in the grass. And so the best thing to do for most fungals is make sure that you, you treat them and then... Um, um, uh, and then with a, with a fungicide, and then that'll, that'll keep them that way. So anyways, thank you. This is Garden Talk on 650 CCOM and 980 CJME. I'm Rick Van Dominick. Great to have you with us this week.